Welcome everyone to Sports Talk for the Fans. I am your host, William, joined by my co-host Manny today. Say what's up, Manny. I'm sorry, buddy. How y'all? All right, man. Waking up to big news from your team, man. Let's start with that before we get to the games. Danny Ainge out as GM. Brad Stevens moves from head coach to basically front office GM. Running it now. Um, what do you think of the move? I like it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, as a Celtic fan, we, we've talked about this for a while now, how Ainge has seemed to sour with a lot of the players due to the way he handles things in the past. Yeah. And I think this could give Boston, you know, a, a better standing with a lot of free agents and um, possible trade scenarios and dealings with other GMs, too. What do yeah, you think? I, I, I actually, I actually think it's, it's great all the way around. I think, I think, I, I think we need a new offense. I, I think, I think just the whole thing as a whole for Boston, new energy, new life. Maybe the, the young boys was was tired of hearing the same voice. Yeah, yeah. How long has Brad Stevens been coached now? What five years? Uh, nah, I think it's like seven. It's been that long. Okay. I think it's about seven years, somewhere around there. <clears throat> Wow. So yeah, and and I, I just read that he was being a little worn out ever since the bubble last year, and he probably wanted to change and roll where he hadn't been so hands on. Even though GM, you take on a lot too, but obviously coaching the team is is a little more hands on. Yeah, I think I think um, Danny Ainge suffocated him too, to a point where he couldn't make the moves that Brad Stevens wants because of his reputation in the league. For because for a contender team that we was. When you look at our roster down the line, we really never added no veteran leadership. It was just a whole bunch of young guys. Yeah. Credit to Danny Ainge. He did bring y'all a championship in 2008. Brought um, y'all Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. Um, had a little thing going there and even helped rebuild the team after they left with a smart trade with Brooklyn. Added all those first round picks. So he was shrewd. He was just a little, he always tried to win the deal. He didn't want it to be even. Because they could have had a Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis if they really wanted him. They yeah. had to play, give up. He just he wouldn't want to pull the trigger, and it yeah. could have cost us. And I think, I think, I think, I think, not for. I think Brad Stevens wanted to pull that Marcus Smart trade. If he was the GM, I think he pulls it. But I think Danny Ainge oh. loved Marcus Smart old school type of mentality. He hold on to him through deals. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that was one of his favorite players. And I think <clears throat> anybody who asked for Marcus Smart in a deal, that that would pretty much halt a deal a lot of times, I think. Now, you're saying Stevens um, has a newer mindset. He he understands the players. He's he's about their age. He's in his, what, mid, late 30s, maybe? Early yeah, yeah, 40s? His, his reputation league is a lot better than Angel's <laughs> right now. Yeah, and so do you think him going to the front office is gonna possibly enable them to deal with a player like Marcus Smart in a deal to, to get some more fresh blood in there. Do you think he'll be willing to do that this offseason? Yeah, yeah, I think I think he would. I think he understands and it's good that he moved up because he's he's inside out now. He he right. can see what they what they need and what, instead of bringing someone new exactly what the what makes the players go. Uh yeah. if they need a change of scenery, if Boston needs a change of scenery and so it, it was smart from that aspect to get now it is an adjustment to go from coach to GM GM you know they deal with a lot of things coach just deals with the, the players and the team and the X's and O's and so but I think he's always around the GM and so he has an understanding of how the job works I'm sure or they yeah. wouldn't have elevated him and I think, um, I, think I, I think he's um, young enough to even go back into coaching five years from now Oh, it's possible. If he gets the, the itch to coach again, I think he needed a little break, take a step back, kind of like Pat Riley when he left the Lakers in the 80s to uh, took a couple years off and coached the Knicks, then left the Knicks, went to Miami. And so it happens. You can get burned out from the job. Um, who, who's the coach? Roma has it. Jay Kidd and Lloyd Pierce might be two options. Man, what do you think? Mark Jackson. Mark you Jackson, want Mark? I want Mark, you want, man. Why not? Man, Mark, Mark you let's, know what? Let's give him a shot, man. All, all these teams looking for coaches over the past five years. He I, built Golden State to what they are. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, 
I just think that when it comes to X's and O's, that was his downfall. Like he's very motivating, very good with the speeches. Obviously, Curry and Clay loved them in their time there. I just feel like I think they may need a may, maybe because he's the total opposite. Like smart, I mean, um, Stevens is an X's and O's coach, so maybe that's they. What, that's, the why, that's what I was about to just say too. I like we we got a GM that's an offensive guru, so if any help he needs, he's right over his shoulder. Yeah, but but that could be kind of threatening, like to a coach. I think they want this. You hired me to do a job. Let me do my job. Like, no, but, but he does. You know, he can lend a hand if, if needed yeah. inside the boardroom. I'm sure. Because as, as I look at the Laker game too, we remember Vogel's not an offensive. Yeah, we might be looking at Lakers just all straight talent because Vogel's not a great offensive coach. No, like, no. Kid there. And I'm part of a lot of Laker uh, forums and stuff like that. And that's the one complaint uh, a lot of Laker fans had that Vogel needs to add an offensive coach to his assistants. Yeah, if you look at our assistants, they're all defensive minded coaches from Jason Kidd yeah, to Lionel yeah, Hollins to, um, I'm missing one, um, Lionel Hollins, Jason Kidd. I can't think of the other one right now, but um, all defensive-minded coaches. We need an offensive coach, so I think Lakers need to do that in offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I was gonna say too, if you look at yesterday that Laker game. Yeah, we'll we get into that. Coaches, yeah, go ahead. Coaches, but but to go to that, you can see they have no identity as a as a system. It's just straight talent how they play their basketball. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a lot of um. You know, X and those ways of getting guys open, getting them easier shots. You know, making yeah, an offense. That, but we but then again, that. that's that's part of that's LeBron. Any team he goes to is going to be that because the offense runs the same way wherever he goes, pretty much. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna get to that. I want to talk about that a lot today. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Let's um let's finish up talking about this Ainge and Stevens and, and what could possibly happen for Boston now. Now, Ainge is out. Um, last word I heard, he is retired now. I heard rumors of him possibly going to Utah, but if he is retired, um, shout out to Danny Ainge. He's had a great career as a player and a GM. Yeah, and I, remember, so- I remember, it's not to cut you off, but I remember like uh, maybe like five years ago, I went to a Brooklyn game and I was sitting like five seats from him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, he's done a good job, man. Like he actually um, was GM of Phoenix too, right before Boston. And so he's had a heck of a career as a player, a college player even, in BYU. And so won championships with the Celtics. So, I mean, he, job well done to him if he's retired. Let's talk about Stevens, though. Let, let's say he comes in and um, he wants to change things around. You got to um, imagine he is not moving Tatum or Brown. So what type of deal do you look for as a Celtic fan to as the organization and then have them compete with the top teams like Milwaukee and the Nets in particular. Think, How do they think, get there? I think he makes a splash quick. You think so? Yeah, mm. I think I think he goes head in, and then he, when you learn about the NBA, you learn if you got your three, four players, you you could you could band aid the rest of them around them with guys. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I could see something like a, a Westbrook deal. I don't know what he feels about Westbrook and how they would mesh. See, that's the great thing about Stevens moving from coach to GM. He knows the organization inside out, and he knows the players more so than anybody and has relationships with them. And so he knows what they need more than anybody. And so smart move from that regard. And I think he's going to make an excellent GM because he has he's smart. He's a smart coach. And I, I think, think that's going to translate to being the GM as well. And I'm going to go back to um, Kawhi Leonard, what he quoted a couple of years ago when he was playing with Toronto, when he said a lot of guys had high IQ that he played with. Not and only I mean, that, Nick Nurse is one of the more underrated coaches. You want to talk about X's and O's and adjustments? He makes them. Nick yeah, Nurse is a heck that, of a coach. I think Brad going to look for that too. He's going to look for some guys that actually, some veterans that know the game and know how to simplify the game. Yeah. So, what do you think about a, a coach, possibly like Jason Kidd, who got a high IQ? He struggles with Milwaukee. He did. Yeah, but uh, Giannis loved him, helped his game. Yeah, yeah. But he has a good reputation, and he's, uh, I believe, now, he's a good player coach. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a he's a he'll be a good as far as teaching, especially the guards, point guards. 
um, one of the greatest point guards ever. I think he lacks X's and O's, so I think you would need an X's and O's guys by him um, in the in the assistant coach front. Lloyd Pierce, um, who's considered another option. I'm sure more coaches will come out as far as options. But um, Lloyd Pierce, he just got fired this year from Atlanta. They've got better when he, when he left with Nate McMillan, so I'm not so sure. But he was highly regarded upon you know coming on as um, Atlanta's coach at the time. So I don't know. I think there'll be more options. So um, you said Mark Jackson is your choice, yeah, though, right? Yeah, give, give me. He's my number one option, Mark Jackson. Okay, okay. He's my number That's... one option, and then um, you know what? I, I think I think I might go with kid number two. What about sneaky pick right here? What about Mike D'Antoni? Great offensive coach. He's available. Hey, he did great things with Houston. Even though they fell short, he did great things with Phoenix. He didn't have success with the Knicks, but we all know they were a mess at the time. Wow. That, that, that's, that's it. A, and that's it a, takes uh, away from the Nets. Yeah, that's because a, that's a that's a name that just popped up that I he's one of the better coaches that you could probably get. Yeah, but but I think I, the reason I would I would say not Dan Tony because he he's a great he's a, the way he runs his system is great. But when yeah. it becomes like half court, I don't know if he's as great as his, as it seems when it goes half court and it stops. He has a great individual talent on his team when he does it. Yeah. So like when when you go back to the X's and O's, I think when the playoffs come and 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 everything gets slower, you need that X's and O's uh, head coach. I got one. And he was rumored to be up for the Houston job. What about Jeff Van Gundy? Oh, no. Yeah, no. No, I, yeah. Either one of them. He's interested. Either. I hey, know hey, he hey. lives in Houston and, and hey. he uh, he wanted the Houston job. But I think if Boston job became available, I you think want, he, you want, he you would want me run to sound even Right, you want me to even sound crazier? Go ahead. Let's do let's do Van Gundy and Mark Jackson as assistant coach. Mark Jackson, hey, I'm thinking would Mark Jackson leave his broadcast because I don't know how much he makes for an assistant coaching job though. But I, you know why I say that though? Because their their chemistry and bond is great. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And Jeff Van Gundy coached Mark Jackson uh, um, for a little bit, but. And, and- I, I just wonder if Mark Jackson would leave that job for an assistant coach. I no doubt he'll leave it for a head coaching job, but maybe if he's under Van Gundy, he may be willing to do it. But you and know what, right? When I look if at if the that, pay was right, even if Van Gundy gets the head coaching job, yeah, it'd be sixty forty because the youth of Mark Jackson will take a more energetic role. And Van Gundy's a heck of a defensive minded coach. Like he'll he'll definitely, you know, get them playing defense the way they need to. And I think I think Mark Jackson would take a similar. He'll be like assistant coach. He'll be close to head coach because of his age. He'll take some weight off of Van Gundy. Right. He, he probably could be a successor. Jeff Van Gundy coaching for a few years. You know, yeah, step definitely. down. You know, because I'm sure he's up there in age. Too. Yeah. Um, not not a bad idea there. Um, I'm sure we could think of more coaches. You know, doing another podcast. But um, I'm still I'm still taking it all in. Um, I heard rumors about Ains possibly, you know, wanting to retire or step down or, but I, I didn't see Stevens. Um, I didn't but, see that either. Hey, listen, I didn't see it, but I think Boston needed some fresh blood. I thought it was going to come via players, and that still may be the case, but they that's a bold move. They, they went aggressively, and they didn't waste no time. A day after getting eliminated, let's talk about that. Now this is a transition. They got eliminated yesterday. Our offseason has officially began for the Boston Celtics. Um, before we get to talking about the, the game yesterday, what do you do to, to try? What, give me a trade. Give me a few scenarios that you would do as a Celtic fan, some, some trade scenarios that could help them compete with the Nets or Milwaukee. Uh, Robert Williams, Kimba Walker, Marcus Smart, for Dame Lillard. Mm. I mean, let me think about that trade really quick. Robert Williams. What about? Mm. And then, and then you you know Portland gonna trade CJ and get something else back from. They're gonna shape it up. I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if, if you, mm. 
What about Kemba and Robert Williams for CJ or something like that? Instead of Lillard. Because I don't think that gets Lillard because I'm thinking if you got Marcus Smart and uh, McCullum, you got two shooting guards basically now. Yeah, but I think I think McCullough's gone too. Well, if that's the case, then that be, I, I think Dane, I think Portland needs to do, like, they're in the same position as Boston to me. They need to shake it up. Yeah, but I, I think, don't, I think, go ahead. Not to cut you off, but I think, I think Boston got a little more time to figure it out than Portland does. Their, their stars are still not even in their prime yet. And so Portland, they, I mean, if I'm Dane, I, listen, I know you're loyal. And I, I know you 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 grind with your team regardless of how you bow out of the playoffs. But man, at a certain point, you hate to lose the same way. Yeah. Every year. Like you should honestly, he had a heck of a game yesterday. No fault of his. 55 points, broke the record, 12 three-pointers in the playoff, broke Clay's record of eleven. And them two shots to make it go in the first overtime and second overtime were just he deserved the win, man. Yeah, I'm he just did. You, I mean, you deserve to win that type of game. I mean, you can't do any more than he did to, to pull the – and the fact of the matter what he shoots, 17, a great percentage. Well, I know you're 17 a, for 24 at one time. As a Celtic fan, I want him to lose. Man, hey, listen. If, if want, Lillard becomes available, you know how many teams are going to be – that's going to be like an Anthony Davis sweepstakes. He can yeah. change the fortunes of a lot of teams. He could be the missing piece, and, and he definitely would be. You, you talking about, man, I would love to see that just for the fact that them in the net series with a Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Lillard versus Kyrie, Harden, and Durant. I would love that. Man, that would be a lovely A. Hey, and listen, and, and, I'm and, not so sure the Nets would beat them. Yeah, that, and, that's, and, that's the series that, that Nets would have to fight for. And, and as, great as, as great as Tatum is, he might need that older brother. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think Tatum's, you know, it's going to click for him. Like it's like um, Steven said, um, everybody needs to take a step back and relax for sure after this long season. But then it's time to, we need everybody to step their game up. We need to use it to elevate your game. The Tatums, the Brown, he said, take that next step. I think that's the next step for them this offseason. It's, it's that time. No more excuses next year. It's time to play with the Durants and these boys now. Yeah, you got to be on their level. I think I think Tatum offseason workout is first step, use your body and finish. Because he got small hands, and I think Kyrie and them, a lot of them jumped on him defensively and made him turn around because his hands were his dribbling. Yeah, yeah. That's the benefit. Of, you know, Kobe has small hands compared to Jordan, too. And you could tell in, in some ways how Kobe used to finish, but Kobe also had great body control and finish well. But it, it does – you're at a disadvantage – the smaller your hands are when it comes to finishing and and some other things. Yeah, because the, the guys with the crooked feet, you could see they jumped up on Tatum and made it turn his back a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've always wondered why Tatum always seemed to to lack great finishing at times, and it's probably because he has smaller hands. Yeah, he loses the ball a lot. That's why you ever if you ever see him, he he cuffs the ball a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great handle, and it doesn't hurt him there. But as far as finishing, you know. Um, but there's things you can do. Get stronger, be able to take the bump yeah. a little better, which he's doing. As you can see, his body from last year to this year has it has improved dramatically. And so I'm sure that he'll keep, you know, um adding a little but more weight, a little more muscle. I think CJ, CJ's that um that CJ's that, another that one, man. CJ's another one. If I'm Celtics, if if you can't, if you think you have to give up too much to get a Dane. And if you could throw a Marcus Smart and Robert Williams for CJ, I think that might get it done. If I'm Portland, I do that deal too. Because I get a defensive-minded guy, Marcus Smart, who will complement Dame a little better in terms of offense and defense. And then you get a, a big man with that type of potential, which they lack big men, like defensive big men. Nurkic and, well, and Cantor aren't defensive big men. Collins they, being out for two years really hurt the, um, Dame Lillard bad. Listen... That, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Marcus Smart and Robert Williams for CJ. I like that deal for Boston because CJ could be the... CJ as a third man? Be, yeah. Besides the Nets, there ain't, there won't be another better better third man in the league. Yeah, he, it, he just got bad fortune sometimes. Like, that stepping out of balance with this. Man. 
that CJ as a third man, I love him as a third man. As a second man, he's not gonna do it for you. As a third man, he's elite. He's elite. And so, hey. All right, let's get to let's talk about the game. What did you see from the game? Obviously, Boston shorthanded without Robert Williams, Kemba, obviously Brown, the Nets back. I just seen a team that was just out. Yeah, and they look, and yeah, they look like they was getting mentally and physically just tired, trying the way to keep up. Yeah, they. All right, I think we caught a disconnection there, but we're back, folks. Um, getting back to the boss of the Nets game, I just think that the Nets just had better shot quality due to their talent, and yes. it and it, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of talent to be losing to try to compete with the Nets. What's your thoughts on? The yeah, game? same thing. The game just came much more easier to them, and they role players got much confidence off how easy the game came to them. And I think Tatum, he just got he just got wear down. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. He had to guard, you know, KD on one end and try to carry the load offensively. That's that's just too much. Yeah, and he, um, he had little, you could tell he had little bumps and bruises the last, <laughs> I think, I could see two games. You could say he, some kind of leg injury. He was, he yeah, was, he went back to the locker room for something um, at one point in the game. So I, I think he was dealing with something that he just – it wasn't nothing major that he couldn't play through, but something that probably hampered him and limited him. All right, so there's not much to talk about in regards to that other than Boston was just out-talented. Um, yeah. let, let's talk a little bit, not too much, because we're going to break that series down a little more. Um, a big picture scenario, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Nets in Milwaukee. Um, early gut feeling, who, who are you going for in the series? I got Milwaukee. You got Milwaukee. I Listen, I can't. I would have told you, Early in the year, I'd be like, mm, I just don't see it. But the way Milwaukee's looking, it, I think it's gonna be a dog fight. Two two reasons is because um, I think even if Kimba plays, I think Boston, Boston almost had game one. They won <coughs> game, they yeah. won game three. They was in besides the the when you let Nets go on 10-0 runs, you can't let that happen. Yeah, I, I think um, and the you gotta be careful to match up one team versus the next like that. But I understand what you're saying. I just think that Milwaukee's got defensive matchups to compete with their stars, and they got a whole bunch of depth, and they got the star power in Giannis. Yeah, um, and you're not, and I think I think Tatum' lack of physicalness helped Durant. I don't think Durant's going to stick Giannis because it makes sure you don't get in foul trouble. So yeah, it's help, it's like, but you know Milwaukee. what? They don't have a matchup for Giannis. I don't care who they put on him. Who they gonna put? Claxton? He's too light in the pants. Yeah, maybe Blake. Jeff nah, Green. He'll eat Blake up. Blake has never been a good defender. I just – they're going to – man, KD might have to man up and take that challenge. And he's yeah, right too. I don't think well, he can deal with Giannis' physicality over a whole they, series. I think they played like three, four games, and every game was by like six points or less. And so – and I like the Ja Rule holiday on either Kyrie – pretty much any three of them he can stick. Yeah. The physicality um, – the physicality going to change the series. Jay Tucker is going to get physical with Harden, and, and, and obviously he's – Played against Durant and gave him some trouble in the past in the playoffs. Um, so, uh, man, I'm leaning think, towards <clears throat> I'm leaning towards the Nets just because I think the games are going to be close, and in close games, I don't trust Giannis, and so I got to rely on Middleton. I'm gonna take KD and Kyrie and those boys over Middleton. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I see you, in the, but in another scenario too, I think Giannis is gonna play center. <clears throat> And that would be smart, especially against Brooklyn. They play so – Claxton, yeah. I don't know how much he weighs, but he's pretty light in the pants. And so if he's playing center, man, Giannis so can I, easily play center the whole series. That's why I think – I think that's where they can match the firepower. And this is not a Brook Lopez series anyway. He yeah. can't defend against the Nets. They space you out too much. He's a little not bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I get, I get Brooks some love, though. He does a better job than I thought he does sometimes. Yeah, but I think he's gonna get exposed. I I think it's gonna be a um a Claxton series, and I would not be surprised if they went to KD at the five a lot. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, if if he's gonna match up with Giannis anyway, a lot of small ball. 
Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a small ball series with a lot of versatility involved, um, especially on Milwaukee's end. I love I love Milwaukee lineup when you go Holiday, Milton, Tucker, Giannis. And How much does that DiFincenzo injury hurt them in this series? No, it does. It does. Again, like a little, he for, he's athletic. He's not. He's not. He's pretty athletic for for his size and everything, and his shooting, his his ball handling. He's a he's a good average player. Yeah, and yeah, his rebounding. He reminds me of um, similar to Hero. Uh, maybe yeah. not the offensive player Hero is, but he's a good rebounder, feisty, athletic. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit of thought on that. Um, let's get to this Lakers and Phoenix. Um, <laughs> so, um, you let's know, get we your thought, let's get your thoughts first since you're the Laker fan. Let's get your thoughts first. All right. You know, no problem. Um, so I went into the game. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. Um, I thought LeBron had to have 30, 35, if not more, had to be do, super aggressive. You do got wide shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, now, I've seen a Phoenix team. Now, we came out playing okay, I think, five minutes into the game. It was a tie game. Y'all um, started off, I believe, like 10 to 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even Yeah, if you want to go that early, we, we got off to a good start. We had the lead. I think they went on like a 17-0 run at one point, um, late first. And um, Lakers just didn't respond well. And LeBron didn't bring it offensively early. Now you could say they had they did have a lot of eyes on them. So they they wanted they allowed the Lakers to shoot all day. <clears throat> they had no respect for our shooters or ju- even LeBron. Obviously you're gonna give LeBron a little room to let him shoot because you know you want to see if his jumpers he's feeling it that day or not. Um LeBron even when he was in the post was looking to facilitate too much for me. Um and this goes back to I don't mean to harp on this, but I said this a few podcasts ago when I had this big rant on LeBron. I think it was after um, – <clears throat> it might have been after game one. It was. After game one, him and AD didn't play good. And I talked about this is why he's not my GOAT is because when it comes down to it and you need a guy to just forget about the other guys, go get your 30 shots. Um, don't be 10 for 30 if you need to. At least you go out slinging. Listen. In these type of games, okay, if you want to fill them out early in the game, see if your team is is filling it, you know they can help you, you know, um, against a team like Phoenix who's very deep. So you're going to need some help. So, okay, you're filling it out. But after a while, you see they're not hitting shots? Take every shot, bro, every shot. And if they start swarming you, guess what? Your teammates are even more open because now they know you're aggressive and you're not giving the ball up. So now you get your teammates better shots because you're being aggressive. And so I just feel like he's – and I get it early on. You're going to need help, so you want to facilitate the get the guys going and in the rhythm. But after a while, it it was clear as day that the Lakers, mentally, from Schroeder, even Kuzma, although he hit some shots, some layups, he traveled on a couple of them. Um, One was a buzzer beater who he didn't have to think about it. And so I just didn't see a confident team yesterday. Um, KCP clearly was hampered. um, And LeBron didn't inspire them confidence because LeBron looked like, oh, I can't take over this game. Yeah, he he tapped out early. I can't take over this game. I need help. And it's like that's – and I've seen that too many times with LeBron where, yeah, let's acknowledge he has these scoring bursts in the playoffs. Yeah, he has 40-point games in the playoffs. But they're kind of in the flow. It's not really like taking over, taking over. Yeah. Like when you coming into a game, the other team knows you're going to shoot every time, and you're just willing your team. I've never seen that from LeBron like that. Um, I see it more as you know he he'll get his defense contributes to his offense. Like I, this is what I noticed about LeBron teams too. If they don't play good defense, they get blown out a lot of times because they yeah. can't keep up on against the Golden States, the San Antonios back in the day. I if was, they're, they're allowing teams to shoot the ball well, they struggle. It's funny uh, It's funny you say that, no. though, too. That um, I, when, when they was getting blown out like that, I was thinking about the Golden State, the San Antonio. He loses a lot of games by double digits. And it, and that's that's the case because a lot of – because LeBron's style of ball is very 
besides when obviously he's a freight train and, and but in the half court it's very much grinded slow pace he's going to do the same you know pick on the defender and it's not a lot of um him just going off for spurts to get his team back in it he needs his teammates he relies on facilitating and he needs his guys to be hot or or his defense to be inspiring the offense getting stops getting the energy going getting the role players in it you I think that that's something that has failed him a lot of times, his lack of going to get a bucket anytime you want it. So what you think about um, LeBron leaving in five minutes to go in the game? Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because it, it's a common thing with LeBron. When, when he's winning, he's celebrating up on the bench, making jokes, dancing, high fives, all these handshakes and all of this. But when you lose, he's done it against Boston, left the arena. He's done it other times too. It's not the first time he's done this. It, to me, it comes across like a sore loser. And, and let me ask you another and, question. And you got to ride or die with your team. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Another question. What do you think about him letting Kuzma talk to the media instead of him coming to Mike? Um, well, I didn't see that. Um, you talking about after the game? Yeah, yeah. It seemed like Kuzma yeah. was the first one to start answering questions. Uh, yeah, yeah. And usually it is him in them situations. Um. I, I don't know. I don't know the the what what happened behind the scenes. I've seen LeBron take the mic, you know, in, in tough losses. So I'm not going to knock him for that. Did you hear Kuzma's remarks after the game? No, no, I didn't even watch it. All right, you got you got. What did he that say? Out. He said, "Y'all got to man up." Yeah, I like that. I like that. I I did catch LeBron. I think I seen it on Twitter. LeBron was like, "We just caught it. You know, we just got our butts kicked tonight." Um, but to, to, when I watched that. I don't think Phoenix played that well. You know what they did well? They pushed the pace. Well, well first the, of all, Booker, the, Booker, and Payne, like you know, gave them the big boost. Like credit to them, they came out firing. And Payne, Payne's been a, a pain in our butt all series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, nah, he, he was talking to LeBron too yesterday. He, he was that matchup. Yeah, LeBron went one on one with him. He went right by him, hit it off the backboard for a layup, and um, he's confident and. When, with role players, last thing you want them to do is be confident because they become like borderline all-stars at that point. And now you're going to have to deal with Booker, Paul, Aiton, and now you got a borderline all-star with his confidence and pain going. And so even if Paul, which I haven't heard a word on Paul, have you heard anything on Paul? Nah, nah. Good thing he shot foul shots afterwards. Yeah, so that could be a good sign. But um, we're, we're going to see what happens with Chris Paul in game six and seven if he's limited in any way, but, um, and AD obviously, and then KCP didn't play. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't see AD not playing, especially LeBron, LeBron. Well, have, and what LeBron I hear about to... the injury is not AD's decision. Yeah, um, no, nah, but, but, but it's going to be the medical team's decision. Yeah. But I think in, in, indoor criticism, if you don't play from LeBron. Right this away. is the thing though, as a medical unit, what happens if you push the go button? Cause you're getting pressured by the player. Yeah. You allow that to get in the way and he pulls his groin totally. And then now he don't even have an off season. Yeah, that no, but that's the pressure uh, uh LeBron puts on his players. Yeah, but but you know what? If if I'm A D for my career, listen, as as for the Lakers, period, they pay they pay the medical doctors for a reason. And if they say, you know what, it's look, we just gotta wing it without him, it's too much of a gamble, it could possibly set us back this off season the next year, then nah, I'm not playing him. No, but I, I believe there's still I believe there's still something wrong with AD Foot. Listen, he was remember he had the knee injury prior to coming into the series. Um, that seems to be you know it hampered him a little bit during the series, but um, the growing is something that's really you got to be careful. It's like a hamstring; you pull it off the you know like LeBron did. <clears throat> LeBron was out how many weeks? Six weeks with his, and so. It's one of those injuries you can't take no chances. If there's any doubt in there that it can get worse, and, and and this is how I look at it. Do I really want AD playing at 50%? How much is that going to help us? A little bit on defense maybe, but it's also going to hurt us in a lot of cases because they're going to pick on him. They're going to make him play yeah. and move. When, when did, the first like a few minutes in the third quarter yesterday and you've seen things wasn't changing, do you just take LeBron out? Cause it, to me, he looked like he was he was just trying to stat chase losing by four. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm up because um I ain't gonna lie, 
I turned off the game and put on the Portland game after a while in the third quarter. And I'm yeah, like, all right, they need and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, all right, LeBron needs why why is LeBron in the game? I turned it back and he's still in the game with like a couple minutes left in the third. They're down by like 30. I'm like Yeah. Go ahead. And so him getting 24 points, like that that's, that's like garbage points. Yeah, he, he looked at more aggressive losing by 25 than he did when the game. Yeah, like because there's nothing to lose then. It's it's easy to put up points then. You know, it's like that's garbage points. And so I'm not I'm not impressed. Like you it makes no sense, LeBron. If if you know you lost the game, what are you playing for? I understand it. Maybe you could find some. Maybe that's the only thing I could think of that they find a new wrinkle, something they could gain confidence moving into the next game. Other than that, you there's no way you should be in this game. Go get your rest because we may need another 40 on game six and game seven. Yeah, I, but I, like Phoenix, Bridges 13, Booker 30, Payne 16, and that's the three highest scorers for the team. So I think <laughs> I think when people watch the game, I think Lakers misses and the way Phoenix paced made the game seem bigger than what it was. Yeah, I, I think it was um <clears throat> it was the Lakers lack of being a threat, like confidence. You you just a 30-point lead seemed like a 50-point lead because you never felt like Lakers could make a run. Yeah, with because the way they even, even when Phoenix missed two in a row, Lakers missed three in a row. Yeah, they just they just you you just seen it. Like from from the very besides the very beginning where LeBron, I think, hit a three, had a layup. Um somebody else may have hit a three, I'm thinking. I know Caruso came in and hit a three when he came in. And um, Oh, Marcus Morris started out the game with a three. Yeah, he had a three. Morris Caruso had a uh, – LeBron had like five points out of the first ten. Yeah, so let's look at it. I mean, I know Hasey, um sent the stat into the group chat yesterday and talked about the plus minus. Well, LeBron was a minus 24 yesterday, so I wonder how that's going to look after today. Yeah, nah, nah, and you know what I noticed um, yesterday um, when Justin was talking about the group chat? It's like when we play ball, when we play against them, and we always say take a step in off your player because we know how to close out well. And I think I think Phoenix did that very well where they everybody took a step off their guy and, and they got back good and it closed out LeBron. And LeBron didn't do a good enough job creating and there was no movement from the Lakers. So everything right, was station, right. everything was stationary. So when the ball got kicked out, you knew where it was going already. There wasn't no like uh, am I gonna get lost backdoor or something. That's yeah, what, that's, exactly. That's what it was, and I think I think like LeBron, in trouble without AD. No, nah, but I think LeBron can't start in the middle of the court. If you if the way Phoenix plays defense, the way they do step in, you either got to quick pass the ball, or you got to start on the baseline. I think he's got to work on the post. Yeah, I think he got to work on the, the post because start on the baseline. at least when you're in the post, you don't have five eyes on you. If you're in the middle of the floor, everybody can see you. No, but and Ray, it makes it easier for you to guard. But that's the thing now. LeBron has to play 40 minutes with Gasol to be in the post because Drummond takes that away now, playing with Drummond. Yeah, as you can see, um, because of that, Gasol played a lot more than he he has been yesterday. No. Nope. Um, did did Harold play yesterday? He played. He played in garbage time. Um, came in with some energy. Um, he actually had nine points in 12 minutes, three for five from the field, wow. got to the line four times. I think, especially if AD don't play, they're going to have to do something. I know you may have liked Drummond or Gasol on defense, but at this point we need offense against Phoenix too. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that hurts LeBron in these situations, he has no pull-up game. Yeah, nothing. So hey, teams never... know that I can get up on him by the three-point line and chase him into Aiton. Yeah, and I he's going to go into Aiton. He's not going to I... do no floater, no pull-up game. So there's always going to be – if somebody's pushing up on you in the perimeter, you beat them. If you got a pull-up game – you don't have to meet the defense at the rim. Yeah. Like like this time at LeBron's career, if he's not bullying you, there's there's not and you stay in front of him, there's not much no there's no skill level, there's nothing to his game that's gonna that you gotta worry about except for that just straight away bully ball. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, you know, he does well, but you know, if the referees which I, I thought that um but, you know, I'm not even going to bring up this point because it had nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Um, but, yeah, credit to Phoenix for, for taking care of business. They play with urgency. That's another thing I noticed. They yeah, play they, like they won at the game. 
And I think I think Phoenix's pace made the referees let them play. Yeah, like Phoenix's pace definitely like it looked like every time they got a rebound or even on makes, they they were pushing up the court and it it made it tough for us to locate our man. So they had uh mismatches on the break, guys who shouldn't have been sticking the the that particular guy and it just made for a lot of confusion. You could see it. Lakers look bad enough and they were already in their head about their shot. And I, I think they, they carried that to their defense, too. And it hurt their defense a little bit. Um, game six. What do you see game six playing out? Um, it's all up to AD. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of the um, – I just don't know. I just don't – I don't want – especially if it could hurt his offseason because I need AD to get fully healthy. For next I think season. I think I think the Lakers still it's 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 more it's more LeBron Schroeder. I think LeBron and Schroeder give you twenty five. Well, let's they give talk about Schroeder. Zero point Schroeder. Oh for nine. You want an eighty? You turn down an eighty million dollar contract? Four year eighty million dollar contract. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. If I'm Lakers, we talked about Boston's moves, right? <clears throat> if I'm Lakers, I might be trying to deal Schroeder for Brogdon. In the offseason. But, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna try because I rumor right. has it Indiana's been having Brogdon on the on the trade will fit a lot better because of shooting. I think that's that'd be a nice look for Boston too. He's almost like a Jason kid. Yeah, so, so if I'm Lakers, listen, I'm not overpaying Schroeder. Right, if, let me if ask he, you a question. Let me ask I'll you sign and trade him to somebody. Right, let me ask you a question. Is this is this are we are we knocking Shooter because LeBron wants to be the main ball handler? Do you, it takes away from Shooter's rhythm and game sometimes. Yeah, but you can't go over nine. You can't go over nine. And I've seen it throughout the series. He's doing but, too much pump faking when he's open. Yeah, but right, right. I'm, I'm gonna tell you one thing too. It's like um, it's like when you on LeBron team, when LeBron want to shoot, he shoot, and then when he want to pass, he pass. It's not, and the thing LeBron has to understand he, in this particular play- game. Because clearly LeBron was looking to facilitate. LeBron was looking for some help. In this particular game with AD out, a game, game five on the road, you needed Schroeder to come out balling. I know, but and, Ray, don't, and he don't didn't deliver. Play. Like this is this is the worst time to have this type of game. Yeah. How many um minutes did Schroeder play? Twenty six. Right, that's why I was gonna ask you again too. Don't you think Schroeder should be out there every second LeBron's out there? They both should be on the floor at all times. Um, I think they got to overlap a little bit because you want Schroeder on the floor when LeBron leaves so you could always have a ball handler or somebody that's a threat to get to the hole. Well, well I um, think at this time, without no AD, LeBron rest time is like the last two minutes of every quarter. Yeah, yeah. They just try to basically sneak minutes in whenever yeah. they think they can. I mean, but I, I, I feel like this. I think the Lakers, I just hope their psyche is not damaged to the point where if they start missing shots early, it goes downhill. And that's that's the one thing I fear for them is now if they get off to a good start, I think they'll be they'll be fine. Gain confidence. But if they get off to a rocky start and Phoenix smells it and Phoenix starts pouring it down their throat and gets out to like a 13 to 4 lead, Lakers could be in some trouble. But I don't think you're gonna see the same Phoenix team on the road. They haven't been the same Phoenix team Listen, on the road. If Lakers can't hit shots, it's gonna make them look good because they're gonna gain confidence and they're gonna keep pushing. They're not gonna they know they don't wanna be in a half court offense. They they rather push the ball on the Lakers and get Lakers in mismatches and cross matches and yeah. um it allows them to get better shots. Like we like we talk about I, I talked about in the last podcast. I thought that was Lither, I call Litter having a big night and he did. And take them to victory. I think this is um Booker's uh stamp on on a playoff game right here, game six. How yeah. bad did he want it? He, I think he's got to come out and play like he did in the first quarter and be super aggressive, if yeah. because that's how you win role games in these type of uh, situations. You know the Jennings are going to be there. You know you get you got this front row. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but so, I, I think hey, the, my gut hey, feeling what, is it goes seven games. Hey Ray, what better way though to close down that late and go to a Kardashian house? <laughs> If I'm the Lakers, though, on a serious note, if I'm the Lakers, if I could afford to sit AD down another game, let him rest for that game seven, 
I prefer to do that. Um, I just don't know if they could afford to. I don't yeah. know if they could afford to sit him another game. And, but I worry also about him being 50, 60%. I don't know how much he's going to help at that. I don't know because Phoenix is going to run the ball. And he's gonna, they're going to try to put him in every matchup. If they know he's hampered, they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah. And he might still be better than a Drummond or a Gasol doing what he does. Yeah, just his presence. Is he going to give us enough on offense to um, – now, now, the question might be, does his presence give LeBron enough space? Right, yeah. Yeah, that too. Or confidence, just in general confidence, making the defense players more honest. And so – I don't know. Maybe Phoenix is like, you know what? He's hampered. Let's treat him. He's a regular guy. Let, let's be physical with him when he gets the ball. Listen, they call fouls. They call fouls. Let's make them fill us. And I, I, I just, just think that I, Phoenix will come out ultra aggressive in game six. I just think Lakers need ball, move, ball movement. And it, not just from one player, from a team concept. I know. Main thing is, I, I didn't see great defense by Phoenix yesterday. I saw yeah. us being in our heads. We yeah. bottom line is, if we don't hit three point shots, we will not win the series. Yeah, if we don't hit a decent percentage, because the way Phoenix is playing us, they're they're daring us to shoot, daring yeah. us. And they're closing. They're closing. No, what it is, they're 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 clo- they're daring you to pass. But are the Lakers confident to take a contested shot? Because they're closing out on you hard and make you put the ball on the floor and making them become creators afterwards. Yeah, that's that's you know been the one knock on a lot of the Lakers is they don't have a lot of those guys. A lot of the guys that that have key roles, the KCP, the Carusos. Um, trying to think of who else, even Kuzma. They're, they're more you know they could do it a little bit, but you don't want them doing it. Yeah. Um. And Schroeder, I'm disappointed in him this series. I expected him to play a little better. He's going to need to in game six. Hey, listen, th- listen, you need to talk to your agent. The agent need to be talking to you. Listen, we need to have a big game in game six or you <laughs> might be costing yourself money. I'm telling you. No, I think Lakers win game six. I, 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 I think Phoenix is um, the, like, uh, momentum team. When they feel momentum, they, they look very well. But they look pretty normal when things are normal. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, by no means do I come out this game thinking, listen, they got the Lakers number. I think AD played a big – I think that Booker and Payne um, set the tone and played the way they needed them to in order to, to really give them some room. Yeah. And LeBron LeBron, and the role players didn't, didn't play their best. I think and that's so, what it was, too. I think uh, as us as basketball fans, our expectations for LeBron was bigger than than what we was watching. Yeah, I, I was even watching Jay Williams. He was talking to um on uh, what's the show called in the morning, um. But he was talking about he was disappointed, and he he's known he's a LeBron lover. He loves yeah. LeBron, and but he criticized him. He was like, I was disappointed. I, I expected LeBron to be more aggressive. He was like, you got to shoot the ball thirty times. Yeah. He was like, I'm disappointed in the performance. I expected more. And wait, so wait. that's how I felt. That's exactly well, I how I felt I, about it. I think that goes back to LeBron. He, at this point in his career, I think he needs to stay out the media now because he, he's declining. So don't don't give the media bigger expectations than you can handle. This is my problem with LeBron. And then the, the, you know what? This is this is the karma, whatever you want to call it. Um, great player. We know he's a winner, um, and all of that. But when when he was up two one showboating, mocking, basically throwing in and getting in a uh, uh, thing with Crowder, basically showing up their bench. So they're watching all of this, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. What you did was you ignited a fire in them, if anything, because you front run it there. You thought you had the series. AD was looking good. You were looking good. The role players were looking good. CP3 looked injured. And you, well, that's what it was. LeBron thought he had the series in the bag, and he could play around now. And what happened is it turned around on him. And yesterday he looked frustrated because it totally reversed on him. Now his second man is out. His role players are not playing good. And although CP3 got hurt, it was looking good for him prior to that. Yeah. And LeBron looked like he wasn't getting back on defense a lot last <clears throat> Now, Now he knows what CP3 was feeling at that moment. Because now he is in CP3's position at that point in time. And so, listen, anytime you – I mean, I understand the competitive nature, 
But showing up people like that on the court, sometimes it'll come back to bite you. Yeah. And I, I think that's what's happening right now with LeBron is he was overdoing it in that game. I think he had a dunk and started running down the court all crazy. You know how you yeah, do real sometimes. Fast and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you know, you show you making them like, oh, okay, that's how y'all want to do us. Well, like well, if he, anything, you gave them more motivation ran, to like want to beat y'all. Down like it was like 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, listen, if you're gonna do that, then then t- then be on the bench. Don't leave five minutes <laughs> when you're getting blown out. If yeah, you yeah. can do all of that stuff when you when you getting blown when you blowing them out and looking good. Then, then be a man and stay on the bench. And I think, I think, I think, I think um, Vogel got to do a better job too. Not taking. A, I know you don't want to get. I know you don't want to get fired, but you can't say he went to the back room for ankle treatment. He could get treatment right there on the bench. Yeah, so yeah, of course, of course, of course. He's gonna. Um, and, and, and he he should be he should be conversating. He should be coaching them as they watching the game and. and yeah, like, you know, you listen. Take this all in. I mean, yeah, yeah we like, we're not happy. But let let this fuel us the next game. Let's get I, in the gym, put up shots, gain confidence, yeah, yeah, and let's as go. You, as you know, as you know, when you sit on the bench, you see the game so different as you're playing through the motions of it. Sometimes you can't see stuff while you're playing. Right, right, right. Because you're in the midst of it, and your competitive nature is 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 getting the best of you. Yeah. So I think and that's so what LeBron should have been tutoring. Yeah, because you see that with players all the time when they get injured. They said the game slowed down for them. They saw it, and now when they come back, it, now they have a better feel of what they should be doing or the team needs. And so, yeah, I'm predicting it going to seven. Um, and, yeah. you know, game seven is going to be a dogfight in Phoenix. Think, that Phoenix crowd was also credit to them because they yeah. were loud. Yeah, I think I think Lakers pulled away the last eight, nine minutes of the fourth in game six. Okay. All right, let's move on to the last series of the day. Portland and Denver, and what can we say about Dane? He did everything to try to will his team to victory. 55 points, 12 threes, breaking Clay's previous record of 11, hitting two shots to make it go in the first and second overtime. At the, I mean, the man, one of the greatest games I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it was classic. Like, I mean, for the playoffs at a 2-2 series, think about the, the, the dire consequences. 2-2, so this this game could have changed, flipped it. Especially going back to Portland. You could have went up 3-2 going back to Portland. Yeah. It's two shots to make it go to overtime. Man, I just wanted more for him. I wish he could have pulled that out. But credit to – but also credit to Denver because that takes a lot of mental toughness to deal with those two backbreakers like that and come back and still, you know, yeah. win. Like Draymond, so, like Draymond said uh, when he tweeted – he said that it, um, he did it again, or he said something like that. Like, like it, it's pretty common for Lillard doing this in the playoffs and just losing. Yeah, and you, man, you, it raises the question, man. Like, oh God, but he deserves better, man. I don't think they have a, a team built. I don't think they can build the team around them um, without some some extreme destiny of getting a a high lottery pick. By by chance and and have it lucking up into another star or superstar. And, so and we 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 got to start talking about Jokic as a leader now. That, oh man, they got so much confidence around him now. Beyond leader, man, the boy just balls out. I'm watching this guy and he didn't shoot the best, 14 for 31, but he's always confident. Yeah, and I saw he's a little got, attitude from him. I saw guts. I saw I saw him when he's setting the screen up top, trying to move the defense, yelling at the guys getting in place. Yeah, and, and you listen. You see this man's body. He doesn't look like he's in great shape, right? This man is playing 46 minutes and wanting the ball, asking for it, dictating the offense, nah, not he, running probably, from it, not even he, trying to facilitate. He got yeah, he's facilitating the, if he gets doubled, but he's yeah, being aggressive. He got to be one of the best mental toughness guys in the league. And so skilled, bro. So skilled. Like, I think he's that's a tough what just, cover. That's what it just comes down to. I think uh, Denver role players just wanted more than Portland role players. Yeah, and I'm looking at the 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 box score. Porter had an excellent game, ten for thirteen from the field, um, twelve rebounds, twenty six points. Porter Jr. Austin Rivers gave him some good minutes, eighteen points. Monty yeah. Morris, twenty eight points off the bench. That that was key. Yeah. Um, you. I mean, McCollum's got to give him more than eighteen in fifty one minutes. Yeah, got you. Got to give him more than 18. Covington gave him 19. Um, 
Yeah, they just needed more. Camelo only had eight in 30 minutes. And so I, I just don't like the construct of their team. Like, it, on paper, it looks good. You, you know what they remind me of? With them. That, it, it, that's what it is, too. I, I think they got no um, – I think they, to, they might have to shake up the coaching job. Yeah. Well, there's been talk about that. I heard it um, that his job could be on the line. I think so at this point. But I think it's more than him. I think they. I think that's they need. Um, I think they got to break up Dame and McCollum. Yeah, but that's gonna be the cleanup to make sure refute Dame is try to get a new head coach. Right, right. I I could see that. I could see you know them thinking that that that's the change they need. But they're they're gonna be, you know, sadly mistaken if they think think that's gonna take care of everything. Because I think you know, I don't think they play enough defense. Like they just look too casual playing defense in big moments. Yeah. It's like, what is the urgency? Yeah. And even effort. It's, it's not even size because I've seen guys with, sh- you know, shorter guys give – where's the urgency? I don't think they take as much – they take too much pride in their offense and not their defense. They look a little slow for the a lot. And so – and just because of that, because they're great on offense together, McCullum and, and Dane, but in these playoff games, they can't get no stops. The, the crazy thing about it is this, these, these home crowds make teams look better than they are sometimes. Yeah, and it's because the role players gain energy. It's really the role players who benefit the most off these crowds. It's crazy how it's, the switch-up is so real. And that goes to show you role players are vital because they they can turn – they can make you look bad on the road if they're not playing well, no matter how good the stars are playing. And then if the stars are playing good at home but the role players are excelling, it just makes you look that much better because the role players yeah. play such a significant role in the team's success. Um, Denver, Denver anything else you want to share from the game? Yeah, no, nah, I think Denver got a good shot of closing out in game six because of Jokic's consistency. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. You never know. Listen, if Portland doesn't come to play defense, you're right. I just got a feeling that Dame's not going to allow him to go out at home. I think it goes to game seven. And I think Denver wins in games. Had I think I had Portland. Yeah, Portland winning. Even without that's the crazy thing is even without Murray and Barton, two of their top maybe four or five scores. Yeah, and the and the and the young kids. How much credit do we need to be given to Jokic right now to be up three two in this series? No, that's what I said in the group chat yesterday. And no, I I, I forgot about Will Martin until I seen him in street clothes. Yeah, he he's one of the better uh bet scores in the league. And, and then, so and then the other um young kid, the the lengthy one, he's out too for them. The young kid. Um, the lengthy one. I'm trying to think of which one you're talking about. The um, one that Boston drafted, but then they traded him to Denver in some trade back in the day. Okay, look at JaVel McGee got zero minutes. I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, just the style um, of game. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely it. Bobo's not getting minutes. That <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's ready, maybe. Um, it, it's just interesting to see because I'm looking, and Porter's definitely doing his thing. He's playing like a number two guy. They're going to be tough next year. They get Murray back with the way Porter's confidence is growing. They're going to be tough. Yeah. And credit to Jokic, though he needs more. He needs to. He deserves more credit. If he wins this series without his second and fourth or fifth best player, that, that's that's big. That's yeah, big. and that, that that to go back, that tell you how good the league ain't really ain't that good. You know what I mean? It's not that elite as people make it seem with these stats. But that goes to show you Jokic too, because big men have a hard time affecting the game like they used to, and the fact that he has an impact like that. It tells me his value is is higher than a lot of big men's because he no, can do it better than them. We we gonna go back to him and him and um um dang, this guy um this guy from them um Dallas what's it I just had a brain Porzingis? freeze. Porzingis? Porzingis? Yeah, nah, 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 oh, um, Dodge Luca, Dodge Luca. Yeah, that goes back to when people talk about athleticism, the way he can stay in the game still with everything that's going on around him. Skill, so it's fast. Bro. The the common denominator between those two, first of all, they're ahead of the game. They're a play ahead. And they have skill. Yeah, they're 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 similar players, just you know, three or four inches difference. Yes. How they think it's the gonna, game. It's gonna be a good last two games, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it goes, I mean, like you you got Denver. 
closing it out. I got Portland taking it to seven. I think I think we're gonna have a couple game sevens on Sunday. I think they'll play Sunday, um, or maybe it's Saturday. Um, I think we're gonna have a couple game sevens though. I think Denver and Portland's gonna go to seven, and I think the Lakers. And I would not be surprised if Dallas and Clippers went seven. Yeah, I won't be surprised either. Um, I, well, I heard today Embiid's questionable for tonight, and um, Luca's probable, so it looks like he's gonna play for sure. Um, I, yeah. I, I think I think I think Dallas in a better position to sit Luca for a game than Lakers are to sit AD. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. If I, if I'm them, I mean. If it if it feels right, it sounds like it's feeling good. He's probable, so I, I I'm sure he's gonna give it a go. But I mean, they could go back home and and you know try to win a game there to take it to seven. But yeah. I think if he's ready to go, he's still young. If it's not a, a something that can get worse like that, play through it. Try to will your team to a win. At least your presence on the court. Um, I think Clippers win tonight though, <clears throat> and I think. I'm thinking Denver. Oh, I, I got a feeling Luca got one more game in, one more game, at least one more game. Yeah, it should be good though. Yeah. And so, any last uh, words before we end the podcast? Nah. Look, hopefully the Garden rocking tonight. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Then let's let's. All right, prediction tonight. I got the Knicks. I think you predicted the Knicks as well. Yeah, I got the Knicks. Yeah. So I got the Knicks and I got the Clippers tonight. You got Clippers as well. Yes, sir. All right. Well, this is the end of this podcast. For giving your expertise, basketball expertise. So we get it next and, time. Man, when we're gonna do it again? Let's 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 set it up. Um if you want to do it tomorrow, we do it tomorrow after the um games tonight. Let's see, let's see. What's tomorrow's game? Let's, do it, let's do it Friday. Let's do it Friday after the Laker game. game, game yeah, Lake yeah. Lake. That way we can yeah, we can get into all these games. Let's do a Friday. We'll figure out a time, and we'll go from there. All right. See you there, brother. All right. That's the end of Sports Talk for the fans. See you guys later.